And I remember there was one story where I was talking to my wife and I was like, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. She's like, whoa, 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 slow down. She's like, have you run today? Dizwins Radio episode 824 starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey guys, uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, um, obviously the timing of this episode, at least for those of you listening to it uh, shortly after it is released, things are crazy right now. We are smack dab in the middle of all this COVID-19, I want to say shenanigans, but that doesn't express the gra- the, the the gravity of the situation like it's 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 a situation right and and everything's upside down races are canceled races are postponed uh travels locked down people are working from home like like who knows what tomorrow is going to bring uh thankfully you know as as runners so far at least at least as i'm preparing this episode we can still get out and go for our runs right we can still maintain that little bit of normalcy as it moves forward but eventually Hopefully, things are going to settle down. Things are going to get back to uh, life as we as we know it. And, uh, you know, there'll be races coming up and things going on. And, and some of your races that uh, maybe got canceled, postponed this spring are going to be happening in the fall. And that's going to jumble up your fall training as well for maybe races that you had planned to run in the future. So if there's something that I can do to help you kind of navigate how to prepare for those types of things, uh, not trying to be that douchey salesy guy, but just reminding you that something that has been available will continue to be available are consult calls. So, you know, if, if you're kind of unsure how to navigate, how to train now, how to train as fall approaches, and you've got, you know, races that are a bit closer to back to back than what you had originally planned when you signed up for them. If that's something that I might be able to help you with, to help talk you through it, help you kind of plot the right course, let me know. We can jump on the phone. Uh, if you just head over to disruns.com slash consultation, schedule a call, we can do that now. We can do it midsummer. We can do it in the fall. The option is there and it's it's pretty easy to do. We jump on the phone. We talk it through. If it's a real quick, easy question, hit me up on social media, hit me up via email. But if it's something that really we need to talk through, discuss uh, the best way to do it, the simplest way to do it is to set up a call. Disruns.com slash consultation. That option is certainly not going anywhere uh, anytime soon, COVID-19 or not. So if you if it can be of use to you. If I can be of use to you, uh, in that medium, disruns.com slash consultation. Let's uh, give you some clarity, some insight, clear path, and then you can keep on keeping on when life allows it. So without any further ado, let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show. Hey guys, my uh, guest today is someone that uh, definitely believes in the value of strength training for us runners and uh, you know something that uh, maybe I've talked about once or twice, but always nice to get different uh, different views, different thoughts, uh, different voices uh, coming at the same topic from different angles. And so that's certainly one thing that we'll be getting into today. And uh, among his many titles, as, as uh, you know, in addition to just being somebody who believes in strength training, he's also a personal trainer. So he's got a little bit of uh, knowledge, a little bit of, of science behind it as well. He's obviously also a runner and a youth conditioning specialist, which is something that I'm a little bit intrigued into uh, diving into that as well. So uh, pretty clear to say that I don't think we'll have any problem coming up with things to talk about today uh, with today's guest, Mr. Jason Marcuselli. So uh, Jason, thanks for joining us and welcome to the show. 
Well, thank you for having me. Yeah, certainly looking forward to it. And guys, if you want to connect more with Jason, if, you, if something we talked about today kind of resonates, or you want to check out some of the things that he's got available or, or whatever, whatever's going on and you want to dive more into his world, uh, onyourmark.com is the website. And, and that's on-your-mark, M-A-R-C, which is kind of that first part of his last name. See what he did there? Onyourmark.com. Uh, on your mark on uh, all kind of one word on Facebook, if you want to uh, connect with him there. And uh, on the Twitter, it's just it's his name, which might actually be harder to find than, uh, than the other. But it's Jason Marcuselli, again, M-A-R-C-U-C-I-L-L-I. I think I got that right. Uh, and uh, yes. <laughs> enough letters in there that it can be a little bit tricky, but I think we got it. Jason Marcuselli, as per usual, I've everything linked up on the show in the show notes for today so you can find the the website twitter facebook whatever whatever you want uh cliff's notes all the things disruns.com slash 824 we'll get you back to the show notes for today disruns.com slash 824 so jason before we go uh, too far uh, off the rails today which is what typically happens at some point along the way especially when we're talking to you know fellow uh healthcare professionals you know personal trainers uh coaches things like that we kind of sometimes get into the weeds but before we if we do that have to start off the same place we always start with with every episode and that is uh just to simply ask what is your favorite distance to race and why all right am i allowed to have two answers we'll we'll let it slide this one time all right fair enough so I, I, I absolutely love the half marathon. Uh, it was one of the most rewarding experiences I've ever had, training for it and actually completing it. And the, the second distance is the shorter, it, and it's rare. You don't really hear too many people talk about it, but I really enjoy running the 3,000 meters in a, mm-hmm. in a track and field setting. Okay, well, let's, let's unpack this a little bit. We'll start with the, the, the 3,000 meters. Uh, that, that leads me to think that you've got some, some track background in you? None at all. None at all. <laughs> all right, all right. Curveball. Yeah. See, so you, so no, it was just, um, it all started and how we, we, I started running was really, I started running with my daughter. Um, you know, she, she's the soccer player and, um, we were looking for ways to build her lungs and we were members of the wildlife conservation society and down on Coney Island on that historic boardwalk, they had a run for the wild back in 2011 and it was to raise money for sea turtles. Mm. So I said, hey, Jordan, you, you want to run with me? And she's like, sure. What do we do? I said, well, we run. And she's <laughs> like, OK, great. So we get down there and it was uh, an October day. And I thought this was going to be the beginning and ending of our our running careers because it was uh, an October day. And then down by the shore, you would think it'd be nice and cool. It was about 85 to 90 degrees. It could not have been more humid. So really tough conditions for any any runner, especially, you know, brand new. And I begged her, please don't get your face painted, please. (laughs) And she got her face painted when I turned my back. So we're literally running down the famous Coney Island boardwalk. We're having a great time. And all of a sudden she turns back. Now the sweat, the the, the face paints in her eyes. Mm-hmm. She's like kind of can't really see because the paint's in her eyes. So we get done and she looks at me and basically says, that was so much fun. When are we doing it again? Oh, man. And that's basically how and we never stopped. Well, yeah, with it, you know, as a, as a father myself, you know, the, the little ones ask something like that. How do you, how do you say no? You know, like, yep, well, exactly. I, guess we'll, I guess we'll keep doing this. So you run, do they, is that like an annual race at the 3000, you know, 3k there? Uh, it was. Um, and then when hurricane Sandy came through, the boardwalk was destroyed. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they didn't do it anymore. Now they do still do a run for the wild through the, the Bronx zoo. Okay. Um, unfortunately it just schedules haven't lined up and we actually thought we were going to do that this year, but 
you know, I don't think that I think a lot of races, as, as I'm sure you're aware of, are just being canceled left and right. Yeah, yeah. As, as we're recording this, for those listening well in the future, hopefully the coronavirus thing has eventually died down. But as, as we're recording this, we're, we're right in the, the middle of COVID-19 and, and all the races left and right being uh, being canceled and postponed and, and everything's up in the air. Um, and yeah, who knows how that's going to shake out and when that's going to shake out, hopefully sooner rather than later. But, uh, you know, we'll kind of see how things shake out as we go with there. So you mentioned that that was kind of how you got got into running, you know, the, the doing something with with your daughter, which is which is uh, as good a reason as any, I think, to, to kind of get into to something like running. Um, but uh, it sounds again, you know, I, I don't want to uh, talk out of talk out of the wrong side of my mouth, but it sounds like you know she had a great time. Was it was it as good of a, a fun experience for you, or or was it a little bit of a of a struggle for you? Well, absolutely. I'm like the ultimate girl that, and and you know, at the time I didn't have my youngest; she wasn't born yet. But um, you know, it, it to me, it's it's something that I could do with her. It's healthy, and I, when I do things, I like to do things that are active. So it was just a perfect um, progression of things that we've always done. Like I help her with soccer. We did this, and you know, I was sometimes her coach. So to move on to running was 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 great, and it was something that we could do together. It wasn't like me being a coach having to stand on the side. Like I could actually be by her side, and it was great. And so we just kept doing various runs. We went from you know that run for the wild. We did a, a turkey trot together, and then she started to get pretty good, and she was winning you know in her age group. And I'm kind of like, hey, I won't use the word jealous, but I'm like a little <laughs> envious, right? Like right. like hey, I'm running with you. Like I should get half of that, right? Can't we cut your trophy in half or something? And um. And that's it was kind of started off as a joke uh, that, you know, I was like, hey, dad wants to win, too, if I if I can. So because uh, I am pretty competitive. So we did this one race. And again, it was really cool. It was a have never seen another run like that before. It was called the Sweetheart Run. And we did that about four years ago. And what you do is you put your ages together mm. and you add the ages up and then you ran as a team. And you competed based on the combined uh, uh, number of your your years together. OK. And, um, we actually, we won that together, which was like the first time I've ever since like eighth grade won any award running. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I said, you know, this is really pretty cool. So then I, I saw a lot of other friends. I said, well, you know, like, and doesn't everyone always say they like enjoy the, the bling right at the end of these races. Mm -hmm. So I, I moved from there to the half marathon. So, yeah. So getting into to the second half of your original answer there. Um, you're running races with your daughter, enjoying it, uh, kind of, you know, really, really get into it. Did, did y'all train for the, the half marathon together or was that something you did solo? That was solo. She was, uh, too, 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 a little too much for her mm -hmm. at the time, you know, the age she was and, you know, with all her commitments with soccer. So that was a, that was a solo endeavor for sure. And, and how did you, you said that completing it was a pretty big, uh, you know, moment of pride, like a job well done. How, how did it, how did it go? Was it smooth sailing leading up to the, the half marathon or, and, and, uh, you know, how was the race itself? Uh, the race itself was tough. It's a, it's a local race, very hilly. Um, so I, I knew that from other people that had run it, some friends, and I ended up going there and running with friends. Um, even though we, you know, as the, the race progressed, we kind of spread out, but they had said, listen, it's going to be really hilly. So as I trained, I, you know, basically sometimes I would just run loops in the neighborhood of finding every possible hill I could imagine to find. And, um, what happened was it turned out to be an incredibly hot and humid day. Mm -hmm. It seems to be the par for the course when I run, I guess. Yeah. That, that's but, that's uh, like a running thread in all of, all of your race stories so far. 
<laughs> it seems like it. And, you know, we live in the Northeast, so, you know, there, there are other stories of, you know, other types mm-hmm. of weather. But it seems, you know, the, the heat and humidity are, are what affects me a lot. But, um, but I, I made it through and, you know, I wasn't what I would call a runner even still at that point. I was still just using uh, Map My Run. I didn't have a, you know, a watch or anything. And uh, I was doing great. And and I was, I wanted to run my first one under two hours. I thought that was a realistic goal. And, um, but I was just happy to complete it. And I was running and I was running and, and I look and I said, oh man, I'm almost done. Cause I'm almost at, you know, two hours. And then I realized that I, and I, so I settled into a pace but I realized that I guess maybe partly because we were so close to Long Island Sound, it, the satellite, it wasn't getting a good signal. Mm. And I still had two, two miles to run. So I ended up finishing in like two, two hours and two minutes. It was uh, so a little disappointing. But considering the, the weather, it was a good first experience. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, run many half since then or, or cranked up the distance even farther? Or, or what's, you know, how, how, first of all, how long ago was that, that first half marathon the first one was about four years ago okay and so what's running been like since then uh it's it's been a little different you know um i, I always try to take the positive of anything but my my youngest daughter has some challenges so right. the long weekend runs to ever think about doing a half right now or even longer is just not really realistic right um so now my runs have basically that's how i moved into the three thousand meters it's like gotcha. okay i can i can rational i can i can train shorter i don't i still have to do a long run but not as long as i had been and it fit better within my schedule and allowed my wife and i to kind of bounce off each other mm-hmm. and help each other on the weekends yeah that's that's uh uh you know still doing a long run like you said kind of pretty pretty important but yeah when the long run is you know whatever five seven eight miles something like that uh, as opposed to 10 12 13 15 something like that yeah it's it's a bit fits into the schedule uh, a bit better for for all of us and certainly when you've got other other things in life that that are obviously vitally important um yeah you you you, you make do and, and do what you got to do no no question exactly you got you have to adapt and so that's what i did i moved on to the to the three thousand meters and i love that equally as well so you know with that being a, a fairly, um, you know, 3000 meters being a fairly uncommon, maybe, uh, distance. Do, do you find a lot of races or do you dabble in the 5k a little bit? I would imagine maybe, you know, fi- those are easy to find, but, but do you, you know, yeah. how, do you, how often do you find a 3k? Uh, not often. Um, in fact, the only 3k that I could find is the Connecticut masters games, which is held every May. Mm-hmm. And, um, so what I would do is I would find sometimes, um, there's a local two mile run, which is, I, I thought a good, a good, you know, precursor, uh, you know, in my training to kind of be like a test. Um, and then definitely like, like you said, the five K's, um, I do a lot of, I'll do a lot of time trials at okay. the, at the local high school track to kind of, you know, see, you know, gauge my fitness there as well. Yeah, definitely. That's, and that's, you know, that's what you gotta do. Like you said, adapt, you, you make, you make it work, you, you fit and we all do, you know, no matter what distances we're training for distances we, we race, um, we all, all always have those things pulling at us and you got to adapt and adjust and do the best you can. Sometimes, um, you, you mentioned the, the senior games, do you, do you participate in, in, in those events or is that still, still not quite into the, uh, the appropriate age group for you? No, no, it is. Actually, it's funny because when I first started running there, I was 42, I believe, or 43. Okay. And uh, some of the uh, the veterans looked at me. And they're like, "Oh no, you're not supposed to be here. <laughs> you're and too I'm much like, of a kid Stop. still. Get out of here." <laughs> yeah. And meanwhile, I felt old because you know they 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 start the masters um, age groups in the 30s. Okay. You know, 30 plus, and I was at 40. So I'm like, 
man, I'm old. And meanwhile, there's just literally some guys out there doing different events. 94 years old was the oldest guy. Mm-hmm. So I said, wow, I was like, this is really and not 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 just, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's very positive. Like people aren't giving into their ages. You know, they're doing what they can and they're still staying active. So it was really awesome. Yeah, I was, I was going to kind of ask, and maybe we can dive into that a little bit more. Like when you go to an event like that, and I've, I've talked to people that have, have you know, competed in, in various Masters events, um, read books, seen stories, uh, still haven't done it yet myself, but I, I kind of the more I think about it and talk about it, the more I, it would be something that would be really cool to, to experience. But, but what is the environment of a race like that like or an event like that like where, um, you know, I mean, it's like you said, I mean, it's people from their 30s to their you know, nineties and sometimes even beyond that, depending on, on what, you know, who's there and, and what they want to do. Uh, but right. what's, what's the atmosphere like of a, of a master's event like that? Incredibly positive. Um, very open. Um, the it's, you know, again, I was thinking of myself as an older guy, but you know, like the older fifties and 60 year old guys would, would really come over to you right before your race. Cause you know, it's, it's not like a high school meet where you have, you're filling out every heat. Mm-hmm. So sometimes they would start you, you know, 40 year olds with 50 and 60 year olds, you know, but like, as you're milling about and they're starting to get you uh, staged to, to run, they really give some good tips and, and they were very, you know, very helpful. It wasn't, uh, it was still competitive, but they were more about like wanting to see the the next guy do well as well. So it was really cool in that respect. I, I almost wonder, and, and I don't know if you can speak to this or not, but I'll throw it out there. And if it doesn't really land, then, then we'll just kind of move on. But I almost wonder if it kind of is, is sounds a little bit more like the, the trail running kind of scene where it's like everybody kind of just hangs out and like, you know, yeah, it's, it's all competitive, but at the same time, like, you know, it's, it's very much um, supportive uh, as opposed to you know get to your road your road races which again it's supportive but i just always feel like like everybody at the road race is much more you know whatever 5k 10k half full whatever it's it's more like everybody's focused on themselves and 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 you know they hope everybody else does well but like it's it's my goal and, and my race um and i kind of feel like the, the the trail running especially if you get into the ultra running thing it's a bit more laid back and it kind of sounds like that's that's what you're saying or what you experienced at the at the uh, masters events as well Absolutely. I think you nailed it a hundred percent. I think it's really like, you know, people are talking right before their race. And it's funny. I, even as you were saying that I think about myself when I go to some of these races that I'm going to compete at like a 5k, I don't really talk. I just mm-hmm. get very into my, into my, my zone. And I'm like, okay, this is what I'm going to do. This is how I'm going to attack it. And whereas when I go there and maybe cause it's not necessarily a course, we're literally just running around the track. Right. So th- there's a little bit of strategy there, but I, I definitely enjoy that. Like it takes the edge off, you know, I, I don't have to be so intense. I could just really talk and, and take the advice that these guys who've obviously been doing it for a long time, you know, what do they have to say? Cause you can always learn from somebody. Absolutely. Absolutely. Would you, would you recommend, it sounds like you would, but I don't want to put words in your mouth. Would you recommend, you know, people, if, if we have, you know, whatever your age is, you know, as long as you're, you know, in your, into your thirties where you're, you're, quote unquote, old enough to be part of the, uh, not, not even quote, where, where you are technically old enough to be part of it. Um, is it something that you would recommend people to, to, to try out just if nothing else for, for, to do something different? But I mean, is it, is it something that you think is, would be beneficial for everybody to dip their toes in once in a while? Well, absolutely. Unless if they live in Connecticut and they're faster than me, they should absolutely <laughs> and, and in your age do group. something right. else. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Just stick to the road. No, honestly, yes. I think it's a really cool experience. And, and, uh, I think everyone should do it at least once, just like everyone says, Hey, at least run a half marathon once. Right. Or a marathon or, you know, this is something else. It's a unique running experience. And I, and I really, the environment is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. It sounds like it. And it, like I said, it's, it's something that's kind of been in the back of my head and I haven't, haven't, 
for whatever reason, come across anybody that I've talked to that have really done a lot of masters events uh, of late. But you know, hearing you talk about it, it's like, yeah, like that really does it really does sound fun. And and I, I've I've been on record many times saying I don't really like the you know the short and the fast the five Ks and things like that. But I I could maybe I, I could probably get my my head wrapped around the idea of doing a you know a hard mile or a hard fifteen hundred or something like that on the track, especially yeah. at an event like that where it's it's just low key and every everybody's running hard. But like, hey, you know, just do what you can do and let's you know have a have a a, a drink afterwards or shoot the shoot the bull afterwards whatever the case might be and and you know just i think it sounds fun is what i'm trying to say yeah it, it really was and the guy that i ended up i actually ran about 30 seconds faster the second time i did it the second year and the guy that beat me was in my age group and he was there waiting for me at mm-hmm. the end to shake my hand and tell me what a great raise i had yeah and i thought that was like really cool like again that's something you don't necessarily see at, at a 5k or 10k and i, I thought that was really cool yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. Good stuff. So, um, you know, like, like we talked about at the beginning, uh, kind of shifting gears a little bit here, Jason, but your, your, your day job, your, your gig, if you will, doing personal training, which is something that's, uh, kind of near and dear to my heart, something I, I have some history in as, as well. Um, and, and, you know, this is, like I said, also in the intro, it's a topic that have been, has been touched on before, something that I've talked about probably more than, than people necessarily cared it to hear about, but it's, it's important. And that's the value of, of strength training for, for us as runners. And, and, you know, a lot of times it's, it's easy to think, Oh, I'm, I just, I just run. Like I don't need to lift weights. I don't need to do a bunch of strength training. I don't need to go to the gym. Maybe I don't have time to go to the gym for, you know, a couple hours, a couple times a week, things like that. Um, we'll kind of start maybe zoom out and then zoom in as we go, but just kind of, you know, what's, what's your take, you know, as somebody who is, is strength training is a regular part of, of, what you do probably for yourself, but also obviously with your clients, things that, that you know, people that you work with. Um, but also as a runner, you know, wh- wh- why should runners think that strength training is, um, an essential component of a good training system, training plan? Uh, why is, why is strength training important for runners? Well, I mean, there's, there's quite a few reasons. Um, number one, if, if you are competitive, you know, it's studies have shown that the more strength and power you have, that the more efficient you run. Mm-hmm. So who doesn't want to be able to run more efficiently, which means you could run a little faster, right? right. Maybe it give you the, a little bit of an edge there. And then the other thing is whether you're running competitively or recreationally, you know, runners do. I mean, it's been shown. I don't have stats in front of me that they do, unfortunately, encounter a lot of injuries. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I knock on wood have been able to avoid any major injuries, you know, besides like a muscle pull here and there. Um but it's really important to be able to stave off injury as well. Gotcha. And, and to, totally agree. And, and yeah, I mean, there's, there's again, the, the stats that, that, uh, it doesn't take long on Google to find, you know, I think that they say somewhere between like 50 and 70% of run, runners are injured every year, which is mind boggling. But I mean, we all, we all hear stories on social media, friends, running friends that we have that all of a sudden you don't see them for a while where, Oh, they got, you know, a case of this or a case of that, or they pulled this or they tweaked that. Um, for, for those that, that aren't, aware, maybe kind of hear it, maybe new, new to running, maybe haven't heard much about strength training and the benefits of running. Um, you know, I think, I think the first point you made, which is, I mean, obviously both points I totally agree with that, you know, increased strength production or increased force production, be, be more powerful is going to, you know, improve your, your running performance can, can improve, uh, you know, stride turnover, uh, all, all kinds of things that, that help you run faster, build endurance, things like that. But from an injury perspective, how can, how, you know, for, for somebody that has, is still on the fence, still not sure, hasn't heard much about it. How can strength training help to reduce the risk of, of injury for us as runners? 
Well, unfortunately, a lot of new runners, and this is, you know, it always seems to be around this time of the year, right? January, early spring, they've made a resolution to start running. And a lot of runners can, unfortunately, especially new ones, be injured within their first 50K. Mm. So that, that doesn't give them a lot of, of, lot of running time before they can encounter their first injury. And I'm really big on doing a, a complete assessment when I, when I work with, with clients. And I'm looking at everything because, you know, the first thing I always see is knees, right? Oh, my knees are achy right. or my knees are really balky. And then I never and I had knee issues before. And, you know, so immediately I don't look at the knee. I'm like, okay, well, what's, <laughs> right. what's, what's going on? Because that tells me that we might have some lack of mobility in the, the ankle. We could have some lack of dorsiflexion, which I won't bore everyone with the science, but <laughs> they're the lower leg translating forward. Uh, there also can be some hip issues and, and hip weakness in the glutes. And, you know, people think that just running alone, oh, I'm going to have strong glutes. Well, not necessarily just by running. We need right. to do exercises specifically to target and activate those muscles. Can, can you uh, give a couple of, of examples of those types of exercises? Because that's, that's been, you know, even, even runners that are on board, I think, with the idea of strength training, we've, we've all heard either for ourselves or, you know, we've heard that, that running friend that's like, yeah, just trying to get my glutes to fire and they, they won't, they, they, I can't seem to figure it out. Um, so what are, what are maybe a couple of, of suggestions if you have them? Uh, because again, I know that's a common area of, of getting the glutes to, to get going when it, when it comes to, uh, you know, engaging during a run. Well, you, for activation exercise, I'll typically do some kind of like static release exercise first using like the foam roll, a, a mm. softball and, and, and target some of the other muscles that are around the glutes, like the hamstring and which tends to be a little too active. And we want the, the glutes to be the active participant mm -hmm. here because they're really the prime mover when you run. So after we've done those kind of techniques, we move on. And one of the simplest things you can do is to order yourself uh, a mini band about like nine inches in diameter, it just loops around your knees and you could do a quick circuit. Uh, I mean, there's a little more technical to it, but, mm -hmm. um, bridges where you pull your knees apart at the very top, mm -hmm. uh, sideline clams, straight leg raises. And then also one of my favorite ones is when you're laying face down with your head on your hands as if you're sleeping and you, the band is still around your knees and you're raising your heel up toward the ceiling. That's a great way to really get those glutes to, to fire. Right. And then, and then how does that translate to then having them engage when, when you're running? Meaning, you know, does, does, is it a direct relationship? Is there, are there things that we need to do when we're running to try to get the, the glutes to be more active? Um, what, what's your, your take on that line of thought? Well, if the, if the muscles are activated and, and you take the overactive muscles, again, like there's a muscle in the, in the front of the, the leg, the TFL, that gets overactive. Your hamstring gets overactive. If we can calm those down and target the glutes with muscle activation exercises, in theory, when you're out there running and doing your activities, they should start to fire. Because the biggest issue is with glutes that are, that are underactive. Like people say, oh, well, I'm standing there. I can squeeze my glutes. Well, that's great. But a lot of times when people have weakness in their glutes, it's not necessarily something that you might notice, but it, a lot of times the weakness there, uh, the glutes don't fire as hard as they can. Mm. They don't fire as long as they can. Um, so the, when, when that happens, you're not able to handle those ground reaction forces when we're running. And that's, that's where some of those you know, muscle dysfunctions and, and movement patterns start to kind of pop up. Right, right. Um a couple of, of common pushbacks that, that I get, I'm sure you've heard these as well, but I'd love to kind of maybe play Mythbusters, put our, put our Mythbusters hat on for a second. Um, when, when people talk about 
you know, I, I know I need to strength train. I know I need to get my glutes to engage more, but, um, but I don't have time, you know, for somebody who's busy, what, what's, what's your kind of, I don't know, retort your, your comeback, your, your answer to that objection for, I don't have, I don't have time to, to strength train three hours a week or, you know, three times a week, times an hour, going to the gym, et cetera, et cetera. What, you know, for, for runners, you know, how much time do we really need to, to, to get a good quality strength training workout on a, on a consistent basis? Well, I, you know, I, I always try to stress the positive, but one of the biggest things when I do get pushback from my own clients who do run that, oh, I don't have time to do that and run. I'm like, well, when you have an, when you have an injury, you're going to have a lot of time. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, so then I'm like, but, and I, you know, cause I'm again, want to stress the positive, like, okay, but it doesn't have to be like a long session. You're not in there like a bodybuilder where you're mm-hmm. doing like German volume, where you're just doing all, you know, lots of sets, lots of reps. It, it's, it's nothing like that. It's, it's a totally different mindset. And in fact, you can, you know, you don't have to do a lot of sets. In fact, you don't want to do a lot of sets right. as a runner. You still want to lift heavy. I do. I, I, you know, I have a lot of my clients who run, they'll sometimes lift 85 to 90% of their one rep max, wow. like what they could do on a, on a squat, but cause it, it really shows. But what we do is we keep the, the volume down and we also don't let them get too close to, to failure because that's where you do get some of that hypertrophy mm-hmm. or muscle building. And that's not something that we necessarily want as runners. But so then that, that leads into another common, uh, you know, area of concern when you, when you start talking to runners about strength training is, you know, I don't want to add too much muscle mass. I don't want to get big and bulky. I don't want to look like a bodybuilder. Um, you know, what's, what's the, uh, how, how, um, I know the answer, so I'm trying not to, to you know, ask quite the wrong question. But like, are, are those are those concerns something that we really need to be that concerned about as as runners getting into the gym? Not really. You know, one of the things to avoid that is I I don't have clients do any isolation exercises for their arms, right? Like they don't need to do bicep curls. They don't need to do tricep exercises. That's not necessary. Those muscles are worked during chin-ups or push-ups or bench presses. So those, you you don't want to, you know, any, like say you added an extra pound or two to your arms with, with, that's great. Your arms are developed and you're going to look great. But that's not to say that you have to be bulky because that's an extra one or two pounds now that's taking away and doesn't directly contribute to you, you know, your propulsion. Mm -hmm. So it's just sapping your energy. What about upper body exercise? Important, not important, something that uh, if we have time, maybe mix it in or or is it is it a a key component for running fitness as well? Well, I think it's important. You know, I I do still believe in doing bench presses and keeping your body strong. Right. I mean, everyone needs to stay strong. Mm -hmm. Um, I do tend to have a lot of clients that tend to be more of the, the desk job. Um, mm. so I do have a, a lot more exercises. I, I try to have a better, a more of a ratio of pulling exercises. So like your seated row, your mm-hmm. chin ups, your pull downs, those kind of exercises. Um, so there's more of those than actual pushing exercises. Cause it also helps stabilize the scapula and, you know, cause think about like some of our runs by the time we we're, we're done running, we're slumped forward mm-hmm. and it really helps, you know, with their posture as well. Yeah, that's that's something that um, thankfully I can't remember recently, but I can definitely remember in some of the early days of my uh, you know long distance running career, if you want to call it that. Where yeah, I mean there were runs that like I had to have just looked ridiculous, like just trying to <laughs> bent over, trying to find a position that that you know wasn't straining my upper back and uh, form was all out the window. Which of course then I'm sure that caused all kinds of problems down down through my core, through my legs, all all. All, I'm almost embarrassed to even bring up not that I'm, not that I'm telling a specific story, but just even yeah. mentioning this right now. Um, 
but yeah, like it's so easy to think, oh, we don't need to, to worry too much about our upper body. And, and, you know, you know, like the, the previous concern, I don't need, I don't want to add a bunch of size and mass. Um, but you know, doing some, some upper body work is still valuable. A, just, just to be healthy, you know, like you got to pick up your groceries, you got to, you know, pick up a bag of dog food, you, you pick up your kit, like whatever, you know, like, like we still do stuff in, in daily life. We don't want to hurt ourselves that way. Um, but also form and, you know, don't forget your arms are swinging just as much as your legs are swinging when you're running. And so, you know, there may not be supporting your body weight, but yeah, having some stability, having some, some endurance in those muscles, uh, keeps you from looking like the hunchback in Notre Dame by the time you get to the, you know, the 10 mile mark of, of your long run or your race. Exactly. Absolutely. And that, and that, that is so important because I, and I have so many clients that when they do run, they hike their shoulders up and like, Hey, mm-hmm. let's keep those shoulder blades back. Right. Let's keep them strong and, and keep that posture. Right. Think about being like running proud, right. You know, not, not giving into the, to the fatigue. So that the, those, you know, kind of exercises rowing and, and, and just p- different types of pulling exercises makes a huge difference. It really does. Yep. Yep. So, you know, kind of, drilling down maybe a little bit deeper and getting a little bit timely, although this is something that'll be still relevant again, hopefully a few months from now when, when the worst of, you know, hopefully the worst of COVID-19 is behind us, but, but right now certainly it's, it's relevant and it's relevant anytime, um, you know, working out from home, uh, something that, that again, if you're busy, like, like, you know, like we, we talked about just briefly, you mentioned there's lots of value and, and I don't disagree with this, lots of value to lifting heavy and getting, you know, if you can get into the gym, doing some heavyweight stuff, that's, that's maybe the ideal situation for, for all of us, certainly as, as runners. But if you can't get into the gym because it's closed because of COVID-19 or you don't have a gym membership and, and you're not, you know, budget's tight, it's not something you're going to squeeze into, um, doing stuff at home, doing stuff with your, with your body weight, or maybe with, you know, picking up one or two dumbbells here and there, you get it from play it against sports at some point or a yard sale, you can get them for cheap sometimes. Um, and, and having some, you know, some lighter resistance things at, at your uh, disposal. But all that to say, you put together a six week kind of strength training program, um, that's designed for people that, you know, while we're social distancing, Hey, something you can easily do at home. Doesn't take much, if any equipment. Um, tell us a little bit about the program that you put together. Well, it's a, it's a really simple program um, in, in the sense of the exercises are, are pretty basic. You don't need any equipment at all. And that's the that's the beauty of it. You know, back to what we were just talking about, like, yes, I, I like to have my my running clients and clients in general, you know, lift heavy. Not all the time. There's like, you know, mm-hmm. there's there's periodization. But um, if you don't have access to that, you know, again, it, it goes back to the glutes. That's like the biggest muscle in your body. So we want to make sure that we're getting that muscle to work and it just walking on the treadmill doesn't activate your glutes enough. It, you know, studies show that glutes don't really work under, unless, you know, they there's more fast twitch muscle fibers. Mm. So they respond better to more explosive bouts of, of explosive movement. Um, so what I have in there are squats, your lunges, but also there's, it's the very beginnings of plyometric activity. So your jump squats, your split squat jumps, you know, ice skater hops, but also before you do that, it's, it's very progressed. So we need to learn how to be able to stabilize our body too. So some of the exercises in there incorporate stabilization as well. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, and, and again, I, it's I try to not to ask the question when I, or overlook a question when I know the answer. So why is, why is stabilization so important, uh, for, for runners? Well, if you think about each time we step, right, just in a, in a typical run, whether it's fast or slow, we hit the ground, we have to decelerate, 
mm-hmm. and then be able to reaccelerate. And if you can't decelerate what I properly and the muscles aren't strong enough, a lot of what we'll see, and it does lead to back to those knee injuries, unfortunately right. for runners, is that valgus, right? That, that knee caving in. And that's a, that's a big problem. It puts a lot of extra pressure on the knee. And we want to do exercises where it shows not only are you strengthening, but that you can control and stabilize your body before you switch and move to the next leg. Because running is very dynamic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and, and, you know, one thing that, that I think is, it's, it's one of those, those points that sometimes it's so obvious that we don't think about it, but sometimes it's so obvious that we overlook it is that when you're running, you, you never have two feet on the ground. I mean, that's kind of the definition of, of running is that you're either both feet are off the ground or there's one foot on the ground while you're doing that deceleration phase and transferring through and pushing off. And then eventually the next foot hits the ground. And so obviously being stable through your legs, through your hips, through your core, um, when you're, when you're always one foot or the other, it, you know, you're never on a, a real stable base at that point. So having those muscles being firing kind of, kind of important to make sure that, that, yeah, we're preventing the, the knees from kind of shifting and bending the wrong way or, or some, you know, the, the IT band maybe doing a little bit too much work and, and pulling on the, on the outside of the knee, which lots of folks have experienced that, that situation before, uh, you know, it's all that stability is, is vital. Exactly. And, and a lot of the time, unless we're on a track, most of the time the surface that we're running mm-hmm. on is also unstable. So right. that's, that's another factor as well. Or, or not level, you know, so you run on the road and the road kind of angles a little bit so that the water, uh, uh, runs off, which then that tilts everything that you're doing through your, through your legs and your hips and your core, which now everything is a little bit off center and, and unstable as well. So yeah, another great point of, of why stability work is so important. So stability work, you know, I think a lot of times, at least I'll, I'll just throw myself under the bus. I think a lot of times I think about stability work as core, as doing, um, you know, planks, bridges, hip extensions, uh, try to get away from too many crunches, but, you know, mixing in a crunch here and there, but, but work in the core. Uh, but I kind of hearing you talking about some stability work with, with legs. Um, what, what are, you know, is it, is it plyometrics are the best doing some balance stuff? What's, what's kind of some good ways of, of mixing in a bit more stability work. That's not as core focused as what at least I typically kind of default to when I'm thinking about maintaining stability. Well, you know, the old way of thinking about the core is the six pack, right? Right, Like I think everyone still goes, like you said, defaults back to thinking like that. I like to think about the core as what muscles really work together. Like, you know, you have some subsystems. We won't, you know, divulge, go into that too much, but there's different subsystems of muscles that work together. So a lot of the times the, I do work the core, but I I don't think about the core as just your six packs Mm -hmm. muscle. It's your external obliques, right? You know, the, the love handle muscle. We, cause those have to stabilize us from not too much, you know, side to side movement. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that our glutes and hamstrings are working as well. So it all, it's all encompassing. So that's why I like to add exercises instead of, you know, the regular standard plank is great, but I like to add planks with hip extension, hip mm-hmm. abduction eventually. Um, because that's really going to challenge your core, your stabilization and get all those muscles working together synergistically. Yeah, no, that's, that's good stuff. Um, and, and yeah, you know, it's, it's, I see sometimes, and, and I'm not going to call anybody out, but I see sometimes, you know, the, the, the monthly plank challenge or whatever, where it kind of progresses up and you, you know, start, start low. And by the end of the month, you're doing a two or a three minute plank. Um, but I kind of feel like, and I would love your, your thoughts on this, Jason. I think I kind of reading through the lines, I have an idea that we're probably on the same page here, but instead of holding a, a three minute standard plank, which is no easy feat, but you know, maybe mix in some movement with your legs, some Spider-Mans or some something, some hip extensions. Um, and, and, you know, you may not get to three minutes, but you're going to be working maybe more, uh, 
working your body, training your body in a way that's more beneficial to running because, you know, let's not kid ourselves running. We're not in just holding that one steady position. Like it is that dynamic through movement. Right, right. Absolutely. So and it's funny because I, I do a, a weekly um, I missed it last week because of everything, the preparations mm-hmm. we were doing. But I do a, a weekly ask the trainer uh, on my across my social media where people can ask me questions. And that was one of the first questions I got was how I felt about the plank challenge. And I think it's great. Any challenge that gets people motivated to want to do something is, is great in my book. Mm-hmm. But however, when it comes to planks, I, I typically don't have clients hold planks. Once they can get up to 30 seconds, we start making them more dynamic. We'll make them, you know, the unstable surfaces, uh, maybe raise one leg more dynamic in in the sense of that. They're like you said, you know, the one leg may be moving into two different, you know, extension, abduction, things like that. Because when you're running or in, in any sport, really, I can't think of any sport offhand where you're just holding your core for three minutes straight as tight as you can. Or you know, just, it just life, doesn't really you know, ha- sport or life. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, so it's like any, so take running. Cause that's really what we're here to talk about. You run, you step, your body, you know, stabilizes like we talked about, mm-hmm. but your core briefly isometrically contracts. Now the next leg comes through. Now that side's going to hit the ground. It's going to stabilize and your core is going to have to adjust to that leg now being out in front. So it's very important to to train the body the way that you're going to need it to work. And that and that we could kind of probably tie that back into what you said earlier about trying to avoid a lot of iso isometric or not isometric but isolation is the right word. Isolation exercises yes. like instead of doing the leg extensions or the leg curls where you're locked everything in, do the lunges, do the squats where where the whole body is working together, not just the the legs but the core, the the stability muscles, the small muscles that are, are surrounding the joints. Um. So so yeah, keep it as as sport specific as life specific as possible, probably going to give you the best bang for your buck, especially for those of us that again, default back to, I don't have enough time. And I, I, <laughs> I don't make enough time. Like, you know, get, you, if we can check two or three boxes at the same time, like that's, that's a good way to get through it. Yeah, I agree. Well, and, and right now it's a, it's a, not a great situation, but you know what? A lot of us do have now we have time. Have time. Exactly. And so if we we're not use- sure what to do at home, here's a, here's a plug for you. Where, where do people get you if they want to check out your program and, and uh, grab a copy of it? It's just on the website, correct? Correct. Correct. Yep. It's on there. And I offered it as low as I can because, uh, you know, I got to cover the delivery mm-hmm. system and the downloads. But at the end of the day, I wanted to provide something for people to do at home to keep up their workouts, to be healthy, because this is a stressful time for a lot of people. I see it on social media and people are, are worried about their, not just themselves, but their, their families, their loved ones, their friends that, that may be at risk. And it's important to not just be keeping our bodies strong and healthy right now, but also our mind. Yep, absolutely. So guys, if you want to check that out again, it's on dash your dash mark, M-A-R-C.com. And we'll have a link in the show notes as well. This slash eight, two, four. Uh, before we, we completely wrap up here though, Jason love to, to shift gears just a little bit. Something I, I saw on your website, kind of perusing through checking out some of the, the articles that you've written. And one thing that, that caught my eye and, and I don't know that I, I don't know. It caught my eye. We'll, we'll leave it at that and, and kind of get into it. And, and I'm not saying that to be trying to, to avoid a confrontation. Cause after I read it, I was like, well, that actually makes a whole lot of sense. Um, but uh, an, an article or a, a post that you had written about, uh, maybe we spend too much time worrying about trying to stretch our, our hamstrings, and maybe that's not the best the best thing for us. And you know, I'm I'm certainly one of those runners that's uh, guilty of not being the most flexible person. So trying to 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 loosen up my body a little bit and and you know improve my range of motion or at least maintain my range of motion. Um, but why is why? And again, I was a little bit caught off guard by it. But as I read it, I was like, yeah, I mean, you know. He's not wrong. Uh, so, so right. why is why is stretching your your hamstrings maybe uh, not the the best course of action for those of us that are like I, I I'm a little bit tight and I wouldn't mind loosening up. Why why should we 
why should we focus elsewhere than stretching the hamstrings? Well, again, it goes back to certain muscles have a propensity to be either too tight and overactive or too long and underactive. And the the hamstring is actually in, in a weird situation. It's like the black sheep of, of muscles in the sense of it's typically too lengthened, but also overactive at the same time. So a lot of the times what, what happens is people are stretching, 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 like, oh, man, my hamstring's still tight. And then all they're doing is really just stretching and lengthening it and making it um even tighter. So they're just making it more and more overactive instead of the fun- the focus that should be on the glutes. So typically how I'll target the the hamstring at the end of a session is with some type of static release, you know, m- meaning like a softball or a trigger point ball or a foam roll or, you know, to, to try to get that muscle, the group to calm down that way, as opposed to stretching it. I'm not saying don't try to calm it down after a hard workout just stretching may not be the best the best way to, to attack it. Just like certain exercises for the hamstring, I try to avoid with clients who have a tendency to have those overactive hamstrings. I try to stay away from straight-legged deadlifts, mm-hmm. uh, good mornings, um, anything where the, the hamstring is working with the leg straight, where it's just further in, exacerbating that lengthening. Gotcha, gotcha. So foam rolling yes or or like you said getting a massage deep tissue anything like that to lose some of the tissue um are are there muscles that do benefit from a bit more of a stretch focus yes and and it's it's ones that really help the you know runners uh getting the tfl to calm down and and you know and lengthen is a big one for runners um, uh, let me same. cut in there real quick though jason for those that don't speak uh, anatomy the tfl the tensor fasciae what what is that muscle where is it located that's a muscle on the on the front of the hip, the the, the front side. So it's kind of like a, a like it, a hip flexor muscle. Correct, and and it it kind of goes into the next thing that I was going to say is a lot of times people I see because we were just talking about foam rolling with the hamstring, I see them trying to roll their IT band, and the IT band is not really a muscle; it's just thick connective tissue. Right. But the TFL does eventually run into and become part of the IT band. Mm-hmm. So for that matter, I, I like to target that the 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 TFL with you know again foam rolling trigger point work, some, some stretches, like a half kneeling stretch. Mm-hmm. And, and as opposed to, you know, stretching the, uh, the IT band as well. So it's all, you can see how all those pelvic muscles, so that lumbo pelvic hip complex mm-hmm. really all kind of work together. Yeah. And that's, and that's an area that, uh, again, we've, I've talked about it before. Um, it's, 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 com- it's, you know, it's, it's a complex, it's a little bit complicated. There's lots of things going on. So it's not easy to isolate one muscle or isolate something or, or work, you know, a specific area. You kind of work them all together, but yeah, if you can, if you can strengthen, stabilize that, that hip core, you know, kind of the, the lower core, but the, the hip, uh, area, boy, it's, it does a lot of good. Like again, not for, not just for running, but, but life in general, but yeah, it's, it's, and it's all kind of connected, which is something else that I think sometimes we forget about. Exactly. So, you know, by targeting those glutes and getting that muscle to, to be the, the active, you know, the prime mover, it, it, it usually fixes that feeling of that tightness in the hamstring as well, I've noticed with clients. Yep. Yep. And that was, that was as I was reading that article, I was going, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's one of those things, like, like I know that. Why, why wouldn't I think about that? Um, and, and one thing, though, to, to clear up, you're not saying that a little bit of a stretch here and there is a bad thing. It's just like, let's not focus on maximizing hamstring length when we could be maybe spending our time a little a little bit elsewhere. Exactly. And I wish I, I was on a video I could show you, but you, you know, say you had a, like a long, or even or just even a rubber band and you know, people complain, Oh, I feel a little knot in my hamstring. I'm going to stretch it. Well, you know, you, there's elasticity to your, your hamstring muscles. So if you tie that rubber band in a knot and you start to pull it and pull it mm-hmm. and pull it, 
what's going to happen? That knot's going to get tighter and tighter and tighter and not necessarily go away. But if we can kind of, you know, use different release, you know, foam rolling, static release techniques, and and then targeting other muscles with activation, it can usually kind of take care of that without making it worse. That that may be the best analogy that is ever in, in 824 episodes. That may be the best analogy of how muscles work sometimes, or at least in this specific example uh, that, that we've ever heard. That's that's that is wonderful, Jason. Thank you for sharing that one. Very welcome. Very welcome. So anyway, as, as we're getting to the point of, oh, wow, my, my head's still kind of spinning with that, that visual, but my gosh, it's, it's, it is perfect. You got knots in there. Let's break the knots up first and see what that does to the elastic band as opposed to just trying to stretch it and make, oh my good. Wow. Sorry. My head really is spinning on this one. So, um, but, but that's, that's a great, a great point. Great tip. Um, but before we, we wrap up, I gotta, gotta ask kind of, a like, like what I call the, the philosophical question, something a little bit more, uh, open-ended, a little bit less, you know, kind of maybe deep into the weeds of some of the strength training and, and, uh, muscle, how the muscles act and muscles, muscles respond here. Uh, but kind of take us back, uh, as a, as a good place to, to wrap this thing up. Um, just would be curious, you know, at this point in your life after, after kind of getting into running with your daughter and, and kind of how running has, has shifted and shaped a little bit with, with your, your other daughter and how that has affected your life a little bit. Um, what does, what does running mean to you? You know, wh- why, why is it still something that's important to you to get out and, and get after it and, and, you know, get into the, the master's events and run the three K's and things like that? Why is, why is running, uh, you know, what, what does running mean to you as a, as a person, as a, as a husband, as a dad, as a, as a professional, you know, why is, why is running so important for you? You know, maybe it sounds a little corny, but I, I really do believe that when I run, I am the best version of myself. I can handle some of the the challenges that we've had thrown at our, especially in the last couple of years. Uh, it, it just allows me to handle things with a lot clearer mind. Mm. And I remember there was one story where I was talking to my wife and I was like, you know, we need to do this. We need to do that. She's like, whoa, 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 slow down. She's like, have you run today? <laughs> I was like, no, she, she said, no, go, go for a run and come back to me and, and, and think about what you're going to talk. And we came back and she, uh, and she's like, so, I was like, oh, we only need to take care of this. Everything else is good. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. I think that uh, probably just about all of us can uh, have had a, a similar story to that. And I don't think it's corny to say, uh, say it at all. I think, it's, I think a lot of people nodding their heads there. So um, once again, guys, on-your-mark.com. If you want to check out the, uh, the, the strength training program or just, you know, like I said, there's the hamstring. There's lots of good articles on there. Lots of good information. Check it out. Make it a resource. Uh, Facebook, On Your Mark Fitness. Uh, again, M-A-R-C for Mark and uh, Twitter at Jason. Oh, now I forgot how to say your last name. Marcusilli, right? You got it. You got uh, it. You got whew, it. Rescue myself there. Had, had it in Don't my head at the I, beginning. Fall out towards I the wasn't going to leave you hanging. No, no. At Jason Marcusilli, uh, M-A-R-C-U-C-I-L-L-I is uh, how to spell that. Uh, and if that's, if that's a bit too much for you, like it clearly was a bit too much for me, disruns.com slash 824 is all you need to remember. We'll have it linked up there real easy. Click over. Click follow, bada boom, bada bam, you're all set. Uh, so Jason, thanks for uh, for taking the time today. Thanks for sharing uh, not only some sto- some good stories, but also some great knowledge, some great insight, hopefully some things that people can put together. Hopefully a few folks will come check out your program as well because it's good stuff and, and you know, no more excuses. We got, you got time, just like you said. We got, we got time now. Uh, might as well put it to some good use, build some strength, some functional strength that'll help us in running and in life. Uh, so thank you for, for all you do for the running community. Thanks for taking the time today and certainly wish you uh, nothing but the best going forward, my friend. Same to you. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate it. All right, guys. Thank you so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Jason and myself. And as per usual, we'd be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway 
from the conversation. For me, a couple of things. Uh, head is still kind of spinning about that whole hamstring stretching versus rolling analogy, which would probably be my most likely takeaway. But since I, it clearly threw me for a loop when we were talking, um, I think you can you can tell that that was that, that was a good one. Uh, so I'll go with, I'll go a different route. I'll give you a kind of kind of a second takeaway from today since that was definitely just a wow what a what a great analogy what a great visual to help you understand what's going on in your muscles and the stretching versus massaging out breaking up those knots and adhesions that that happen not just in our hamstrings but everywhere in our bodies uh so love that one but i'll i'll i guess i've kind of already made that one takeaway takeaway b from today was something that jason talked about early and kind of I feel like it kind of wove itself into some other aspects of the conversation as as well. And that's the the necessity for adaptability. You know, obviously Jason shared the story about his his second daughter and, and kind of you know her needs and, and how that adapted or forced him to adapt his training protocol and, and not really being able to train for the longer races uh, right now. And maybe that is something that's forever. Maybe that's just for you know a season of his life. But in any in any event, he had to adapt some of his running goals, uh, some of his his plans, his ambitions because of that, because of life. And how, and how often do I talk about life? I mean, you know, it's it's a regular topic of conversation between the podcast, social media, uh, emails I send out. I mean, life happens, period. And you know, right now, all of us are dealing with. A situation of life happening with social isolation or social distancing, not quite isolation. Hopefully, we don't get to that point. But social distancing, kind of keeping to yourself, uh, trying to, to flatten the curve, all those things that are vitally important. But it's 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 a huge curveball for all of us with races getting postponed or, or and or canceled, uh, group runs not happening, losing out on some of those social dynamics that that a lot of us get from our our running lives. We're adapting to that, and and I just feel like it's such a great reminder, you know for those types of things that we just need to adapt and adjust. And hopefully, at least as far as this COVID-19 stuff is concerned, hopefully things will, will find their way back to, to a sense of normalcy sooner rather than later. And we can kind of get on with races and returning to work and returning to social lives and doing social events and not having to freak out anytime there's more than a handful of people in the same, you know, general area together. But, you know, other areas of the conversation where it flowed into strength training. You know, there's there's good, better, best. And sometimes we have to be okay with, with I don't want to say settling, but accepting that good is as good as it's going to get right now. And with all of this, this COVID-19 stuff, maybe that means you're not going to the gym. You're not getting the heavy lifts that Jason is a fan of, that quite frankly, I'm a fan of. Even though I don't talk about, I, I typically talk about, Lighter weight, body weight stuff, things with one or two dumbbells that you can do at your at your house. Those things are 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 good. Maybe sometimes great. Are they the are they the best? Meh. There's there's a lot of, of value even for us as runners to to lift and heavy. Just like Jason talked about. I mean, I know we didn't get dive deep into the science, but generating force and 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 moving heavier weights to create more power. Which there's lots of benefits to that. Sometimes we don't have the option. Maybe it's, maybe it's all the time. Maybe you don't have a gym membership. Maybe you don't have access. Maybe you're, you're busy and and trying to get out of the, the, uh, get out of the house, get to the gym away from work, things like that. It's, it's too much to ask. So we adapt, 
We do body weight exercises. Maybe it's it's the the routine that Jason put together that's available on his website. Maybe it's doing something off of YouTube. Maybe it's it's just doing exercises that you've done in the past that you know what to do. You know how to do them. And so you just kind of hodgepodge your own routine together. Point being, we adapt. We adjust. We make it work. You know, borrowing from Tim Gunn, the man himself. Make it work. It's a make it work moment sometimes. I feel like that's kind of where we find ourselves right now. But honestly, I kind of feel like, I don't know about you, but I feel like that's that's at least 75, probably closer to 85, 90% of my, my everyday life is just adapting, just making it work, doing the best we can on each individual day and each individual aspect of our lives and, and, and in our combined life, you know, the, all the combined aspects of my life as well. Um, so maybe you can relate to that. And maybe that's, that's, maybe it's just because of the time that we're in right now, or at least as this is being recorded and put out with, with the, the COVID-19 stuff going on, uh, that, that the idea of adapting, the idea of adjusting, the idea of making it work is just, I mean, it's, it's, it's everything, every breath, uh, every aspect of my life right now, and probably yours as well. That's that's where we're at, and so that's why that was really the, the the takeaway that I wanted to spend the most time on, most time focusing on today from the conversation is that you know that's we all you know like to have a plan, or at least most of us we like to have a plan, we like to have a routine. I certainly do. I love me a good routine. I've talked about it before. But it's not very often that, that the routine happens. You know, my, my, my favorite quote from the, the sage philosopher Mike Tyson himself, everyone has a plan until they get punched in the face. Well, this, this punch from this silly coronavirus, pretty good punch. Staggering all, all of us. Adapt. Adjust. Tweak your training. Tweak your life. Tweak your schedules. Do what you got to do. Hopefully keep getting your runs in. Hopefully keep getting your strength training in. Keep taking care of yourselves. All right, that's that's all we can do right now. Adapt, adjust, make it make it work, make it work. So that was my takeaway from today. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? Maybe it was something similar. Maybe it, there are a few other things in there that I think would be very vi- valuable, valuable, insightful takeaways as well. Uh, don't want to give you all the answers to the test, right? So let me know if something else stood out to you, or even if it's the same, it's okay. Love to hear uh, what stood out to you from this episode, what your takeaway was. Uh, let me know. I'm at Dizruns on Twitter, at Dizruns on Instagram as well. You can always slide into the DMs in either place. Uh, you can also shoot me an email, Dizruns at gmail.com. Love getting those notes from y'all telling me what your takeaways were. And of course, last but not least, haven't had a comment on the website in a while, at least a relevant comment. I get spammy ones all the time, but I haven't had a relevant takeaways comment on the website for a while. Uh, not, not trying to guilt you into doing it, but, you know, if it guilts you into doing it, not not opposed to that either. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 824 is the link to get you back to the show notes for today. Links to all of Jason's contact information, website, social media, all that good stuff. Got a couple photos there as well. And, of course, there's a comment bar down at the bottom of the of the, the post. Uh, you can leave your thoughts, feedbacks, comments, takeaways there as well. Let us know what stood out to you from this episode. That way it lives on for perpetuity. For anybody else who finds this episode in June, August, you know, May of, of 2021, whenever down the road, people find these episodes, go back and listen to them and, uh, add into the conversation in the show notes as well. Disruns.com slash eight, two, four. So, uh, now that we're pulling the ship finally into the Harbor, uh, last but not least, don't want to, don't want you to forget that if I can help you now or in the future or any time of the year, um, you know, when hopefully we got a, a better handle on the coronavirus stuff and life is back to normal. Um, or if you need some help, need some talking to right now, uh, whatever I can do to help you out, that's that's the name of the game. I'm, I'm available on social media for a quick one-off or a little message back and forth. Uh, and if 
getting on the phone, talking through some things, asking some questions, answering some questions, getting a good a good vibe for what's going on. If that's what you need, that's available as well. Dizruns.com slash consultation is the link to take you back to that page on the website. All the information is there. Sign up, details, yada, yada, yada. Dizruns.com slash consultation. And uh, we'll jump on the phone and try to try to give you some clarity in this uh, time when clarity is hard to find, hard to find. So uh, happy to help out if I can in any way that I can. Uh, so with that, we'll go ahead and officially wrap this one up now. Y'all, thank you for listening. Thanks for the continued support during this, this rough time. Uh, and like I said, if I can continue to support you in any way, whether it's just just the routine of having the podcast show up, guess what? The podcast is going to keep showing up. Uh, and if that helps out in some little way, then it's it's absolutely well worth the uh, the time and effort that goes into it. Uh, and if there's anything else beyond that, let me know. Uh, but until next time, y'all, please be well. Take care. Thanks again for listening. Share this episode with a friend if you found it useful. And uh, until next time, talk soon, all right? See you guys.